The On Purpose show features engaging interviews and candid conversations with established and emerging leaders, influential voices, and newsmakers. Our goal is to empower you to discover, embrace, and pursue your purpose by connecting you with some of the world's most innovative and impactful people. We explore the stories, share the tips, and provide the tools they use that help them live their lives on purpose every day. Welcome to another edition of the On Purpose Show. It has definitely been a while since our last show, and we are back. We're back with a lineup of some pretty exciting guests and some phenomenal stories that we are sure will give you an additional push towards your purpose. So you do not want to miss this. Stay tuned and we'll get more into it later. Today's show is sponsored by One Purpose Media. Very, very soon you will find out more about our company and some of the media and content that we are producing. So stay tuned for that as well. We live in a global village where technology really affords us the accessibility to at times effortlessly communicate with people all over the globe. So today's show is especially significant as you'll experience a bit of show history. We are sharing our very first international podcast show, a conversation with actor, singer and friend Boise Holmes, who we connected with while he was in Hong Kong on tour with The Lion King. So nearly 16 hours ahead of California time, where, where I am, on two different days simultaneously, we shared some life essentials and most notably out of those were the power of your own voice. We'll get into that. Auditioning, especially for people who are in the entertainment industry and language mastery. Now, Boise learned some languages uh, he was forced to for a reason, but we'll get into some of the techniques that he used to actually do that because you could probably do it yourself which is cool. It's very cool to be bilingual today. Uh, I first met Boise during a conference called the Merge Conference in Los Angeles. This was maybe about 2013, maybe 2014. At that time, there was a seminar. After the seminar, we got a chance to talk and his captivating voice, humility, warm spirit. I mean, those are some of the things that really set him apart from many in the room. So we got a chance to talk had a brief, in-depth conversation about actors selecting roles that align with their values. Now, that discussion ultimately set the tone for this most important dialogue that I hope you stick around to get a chance to hear. So let me tell you a little bit more about Boise. You have some information here that will really give you an idea of some of the things that he's currently doing and his background. So with his portrayal of Othello, Boise won first place in the National Shakespeare Competition at New York's Lincoln Center, for which he was awarded a full scholarship intensive to study at England's Oxford School of Drama. There he portrayed the title role of Macbeth and thus began the trajectory of a career in theater, film, and TV. One of Boise's most exciting and challenging theatrical experiences to date was when he landed the role of Mufasa in the German production of Disney's The Lion King, of which in the show was performed completely in German. He also played the evil Uncle Scar in the Hong Kong production, where he had to become virtually fluent in Mandarin Chinese. Up next, our conversation with Boise Holmes. 
Yeah, man. I'm, yeah. I'm glad we finally made the connection. I know. Yeah. So uh, yeah, it's cool, man. I'm Definitely. glad we finally made the connection on those different coasts and everything. Absolutely. Have Look you um time zones? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, yeah. That's what I was. I kind of actually wrote. You know that we we live in a global village and you know technology. Mm-hmm. It really affords this opportunity and accessibility to um, communicate on different days. You know, it's it's seven yeah. seven p.m. Uh, Pacific time here. And what is it like? Eleven o'clock Sunday. Yeah, eleven a.m. Sunday. Eleven a.m. Uh-huh. Sunday in Hong Kong. You know, that's that's the beauty. You know, we can have this this conversation globally. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So, um, my first question is: since we're talking about Skype, have you ever done an audition through Skype or Facetime? Hmm. Skype or Facetime? Well, no, I've but I have recorded auditions. I haven't done it live for okay. a casting director. Right. But uh, but being overseas, I have recorded. Uh, uh, auditions and sent them in. Oh, okay, um, so you have used the technology before to actually. Uh, oh yeah. Work. Mm-hmm. I got. I, I actually got the the, the um, job with the Lion King. My first job is Mufasa from a tape from sending a tape in actually. Wow. And they actually they actually took the tape as opposed to having me because I couldn't I could at the moment I wasn't available to come all the way and audition. They wanted me to come all the way to Germany, but I was able to send the tape, and from that tape they they cast me. Uh, from the from the tape, so wow, that's awesome. It does work. It does yeah. work. Yeah. Well, hold that thought because we are going to talk a little bit about um, the audition process. It's a it's a lot that goes into that. You know, as you know, as an actor, theater, uh-huh. TV, we'll, we'll, we're going to unpack that a little bit. But um, Baltimore, Chicago, L.A., Germany, Hong Kong, where do you call home? Monaco, everywhere. Uh, yeah, yeah, right, right. I call home. <laughs> I call a home, L.A. Los Angeles is home. Okay, yeah. okay. But you were. I mean, spir- you, spiritually speaking, Chicago is my base. But 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 my home. But I'm I'm in L.A. though. You're in L.A. I'm in LA. So mm-hmm. where were you? I, I, you're from Baltimore, correct? Right, from Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. Born and raised. Uh-huh. Got it. And then when did you actually come out to? Um, to um where did you come first after it was it, it was a journey man actually baltimore was the beginning um and baltimore baltimore i grew up in the inner city of baltimore right where all the riots as a matter of fact all the, the riots and the, the uh the recent um in the recent year the 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 riots of the Mondawmin mall that they were trashing that the that the uh that the youth was you know raiding and all that i grew up in that whole area that's my wow. whole territory right there man uh, inner wow. city baltimore north avenue north fulton avenue and uh, i actually moved to the, the journey i had a couple of stops even before mm-hmm. we spoke about chicago and la it's like I, I went from baltimore and then my mother moved me and my four sisters to north carolina okay and that's where i started acting so that was before new york which then was uh, L.A. and Chicago, so it. It was, so it was so it was Baltimore to North Carolina actually. Okay. Um, okay. So as, you were, as, a, as a teen. Mm-hmm. So you were pretty familiar with you know moving from place to place. We've moved from state to state uh, quite a few times, and then quite a few times within the state, like uh, we went Baltimore to North Carolina, but just kind of finding our way. Right. Uh, it was five of us, right. five of us, just my mom, and she was kind right. of just finding her way as to which part of, of North Carolina she wanted to settle in. So, yeah, yeah, we were moving quite a bit. You'd think we was in the military. So, you know. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, when, when was your first visit outside of the country? Outside of the country? Ah, the, let me think here. Oh, that was um, that was Oxford. Yeah, when I won, I won a national Shakespeare competition right. in New York City, and and that was the first time that I 
uh, went abroad. We went over to uh, Oxford, Oxford, England on a scholarship, uh, okay. a Shakespeare scholarship. Yep, and that was the first time. That was how, 1996. Wow. Okay. How, mm-hmm. was, how was that experience for you? I mean, how, how important was it for you to see the, another part of the world? So important, man. I mean, I think it made a, a just just an, a long lasting imprint on 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 my my vision, on my mind. And uh, the, the the thing is, that I discovered this gift. It was such a fast process because, um, you know, um, you know, growing up in kind of growing up in the church with my mom and my mm-hmm. sisters and kind of imitating the preacher. And there's certain things that I that I grabbed. I didn't even realize I had till we till I got into acting in North Carolina. And then I kind of entered this competition. Um, studying Shakespeare in high school and then into the competition in high school, one first place and then taken abroad. To, you know, they told me, well, we're going to send you to Oxford, England on a scholarship and da, da, da. Well, I was coming from the inner cities of Baltimore. So that was yeah. just like, OK, where is that? What is that? You know, you know, so that was just a sort of a like kind of got whisked away after winning the competition. Um, it was a three month intensive that I stayed over there for. And um, I think it just made a, a, a lasting imprint. I really enjoyed Europe and had no idea uh, that I would be, you know, coming from where I came from. It was just a blessing to be able to experience that. So I, I think it, it, made, it made a major imprint on um, my steps from that point on and my decisions. And you, you, um, you mentioned um, you sort of emulated and, and modeled the preacher, and that that's a specific voice. It's a prophetic voice, and mm-hmm. it's a voice we, you know, people in the church um, come to be used to. Um, some some preachers, as you know, um, you know, being on an old Jones has a, vi- you know, he has a very distinctive voice, and those things you can mm-hmm. begin to model. And we'll talk about mentorship. We'll talk about who are some of the individuals that you uh, looked at as. Um, templates for that voice. And then we'll also talk about the other side of, of, of voice in terms of, you know, vision, in terms of what your voice, your unique ability and things of that nature. Um, what did you learn about America by by living abroad? You're currently living abroad now. But what did you, mm-hmm. you kind of learn about, you know, just being away and coming back to the States and back and forth? What's that wow. experience been like? Wow. I mean, I was just talking to my wife about that recently. I mean, we kind of converse on that on a daily Um it's really amazing what how uh, you know the, the things that we take for granted. What you know, it's just the the, the niceties and all the um, the amenities that we have. Just 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 we we're really. I say this in the in the most respectful way, mm-hmm. almost like spoiled in a sense. Yeah. Um, when you start to go, you know, and I love where I'm from. I, I'm for my country, but, I, but it's just when you go, when you start going abroad, you say, "Wow, man, you know, these people really, we really have it well. We yeah. have it well. Yeah. It is yeah. it is really the land of opportunity, you know. Uh, and so, and, and uh, from where where we're from, and I feel like I've learned so much, um, so much humility. Uh, I've learned so much to broaden my spectrum. Um, to, 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 to to take God outside of the box so mm-hmm. just take your life uh, you you see you see life and you just you you see the world bigger in every sense and then you start to really appreciate the um, the the pleasures and, and, and the opportunities that you have the freedoms you have you know what I mean yeah um, I mean everything from the salary to the mentality is just is very different you know and uh, you kind of at the first kind of call Culturally shocked, culturally shocked, and when when you when you go back and forth, you see, wow, this is really a blessing or a, a, a pleasure that we have here. And um, you know, I I just what what I take from it is just I, I, it really it really kind of opened me up 
um, just to be more uh, uh, to be more thankful, uh, to be more humbled, um, and and really just a, a new drive to to really take advantage of 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 of, of the opportunities that we have, um, you know. So yeah, I, I mean that's that's to say the least. Um, yeah. But I've had so many experiences um, with with coming abroad and then, and then really appreciating. Um, both both sides, though. I appreciate right. the places that I visited, and I appreciate more other places. And I'm I'm very wild. I mean, I just got back from Singapore, and I didn't even realize that it was um, the money, the the things that I saw, the architecture and the, the inventions, and you know, there's a floating soccer field, and wow. you just really start to go, wow, man. It's a gut, you know, the the mental is is just um, God. God is very big, and you yeah. know, it's just I'm really 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 impressed by um, the culture and um, and just. The structure of things and right. just start to really begin to get diverse and yeah. really want to stay fully creative. I mean, it really yeah. opens up your creativity. And yeah. It open, opens up your spirit, you know, mm-hmm. opens up your soul um, to just expand, you know, and just really become like a a major humanitarian, man. It's yeah. just like, so yeah, that's, that's kind of what I would say of that. Yeah, I remember one uh, mission trip going to India and coming back to the States in, in outside of kissing the ground and thanking God I was back home it was mm-hmm. just it was just that overwhelming feeling of appreciation that you know I live in this this country and of course over there there's mm-hmm. you know different things going on but um, I began to really appreciate the all of the you know the, the wealth and the opportunities that uh, that are here so I, I definitely agree with you on that you know as a mm-hmm. perf- as a performer you know you um, one of the things you all build a lot on is the energy of the audience. You know, wh- uh-huh. what are the differences in terms of I, I remember listening to um, hearing about jazz musicians going to Asia and performing and where in the, in the States they would get up and clap there. They wouldn't do anything. So they really had didn't have any type of engagement. Wow. Um, yeah. But, but, yeah. but for you as a performer, what type of what is the differences in energy and what have you gotten over there that you really appreciate? Wow. Wow. That's a great, great question. I want to say one last thing about um, the earlier question you asked me. For example, I talked about the niceties. You know, in Singapore, you can't you you'll, you'll get you'll get fined for chewing gum. Oh, you know, wow. they don't allow any gum to chew. You, and, uh, smoking a cigarette outside of your own um, property, your house, you'll get a ticket for that. Oh my god! Uh, you know, it, it, it's 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 just interesting though. Even even the pleasures and, and conveniences that we have. So anyway, those are the, some of the type of things that I learned, and it wasn't even until after. Uh, as I was on my way there, people were telling me about all the rules and restrictions. I thought, wow, this is amazing. Yeah. Just even to see the different structural, right. um, the ways people are structured in the, in the way that just the whole society is set up differently. Absolutely. You know. But as it pertains to your, your your other question, that is really not like it is really like night and day. I'll speak, for example, where I'm at in Hong Kong now, um, doing the Lion King for. The, the the Asian culture, which I love, because um, I, I spent a year in Japan also. Okay. Um, and so they respond, you know, it's interesting because even the Japanese responded uh, a little bit more enthusiasm um, than the Chinese. What we learn about the Chinese, number one, is they, they're trying to connect because, with the show because we have two uh, narrators in the show that will kind of give a, um, I don't know, not, not, um, 
can't think now if it's Mandarin or Cantonese because we have we have screens that give up one language and then the, the the narrators speak another language. But I think what it is they're trying to connect number one in what we're doing, what we're saying. They get the message because it's such a universal message and it's such a you know you can the whole prodigal son story all over again about right. Simba and all that. But but what we find is that we do have a different response. Um, from the uh, different re- reaction than we're used to having back home. They applaud, every, you know, Broadway and, and, and all kinds of theater. They give you immediate, they tell you what they're thinking exactly. And, you know, you'll get that gratification right. almost immediately. Right. But here, they do a lot of internalizing. They do a lot of, it's a, it's a lot of observation. I see. Um, you know, more than heralding an applause, so that is definitely that was definitely an adjustment for me because I felt like at first I was a bit offended, thinking, "Man, do they appreciate you know right. our gifting?" And, right. and, and but but I when I had talked to some of the um, some of the people, the crew involved, they said, "You know what? It really is. They don't really understand fully what you all are talking about. Mm-hmm. It's a big spec. It's a spectacle, and it's something to behold. And they, you know, their senses are ignited exactly. by watching this thing unfold. Right. But they're still, but it's still registering. So it's a, it's a slow, it's a, it's a, it's a slow process. But it's a, it's also a part of who they are." That, that I no longer now I realize and I don't take for granted um, or I don't hold it against them as much as I used to. We, we were, we're, you know, artists are, can be very sensitive. Right. So a lot of us would come off stage like, you know what, why are we here? They don't get it. They don't care. <laughs> right. You know, who cares who comes right. out? Who cares who right. plays what character? They, they're not into, oh, this is, you know, you know, unless they, they see a face, I don't know, Will Smith or something. Oh, there's Will Smith. But it's like, right. who cares who's playing what? So right. that has been an adjustment. But it has also allowed me to be more patient exactly. and uh, to, to exercise patience and to exercise love and to see the greater picture that we're painting. We're, we're having a time, and in, 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 so we're having a time just shedding light. I just threw it off on that. So you know what? We're going to continue to sh- sh- open up their vision and, and inspire when we see the inspiring the, the young ones inspired it's all worth it yeah absolutely yeah absolutely yeah. anyway tell, <laughs> tell me about um you know i call it my purpose story and really what that is is that's a pivotal time in like it, you probably read about my information but a pivotal time in your life where you ultimately discovered you know, what you're supposed to be doing. Can you tell me about a time in your life where that pivotal moment where some people call it eureka moment, aha moment where you just get it. Mm-hmm. When did that mm-hmm. happen for you where you say, you know, this is it and I'm going to go after this with everything that I have? Mm-hmm. That happened for me, I can say most significantly when I was in high school. Okay. This was this was 2000 and yeah, this was... um. Yes, this was not, I went to high school in Chapel Hill in North Carolina. Okay. And um, let's say we can make the long story short is that I was just telling a friend of mine this the other day. I was playing I was playing football. I was on a team, and me and a friend of mine, Sean Bunn, we're still connected to this day. Awesome. And we were, both, uh, we were both playing ball, and it was one of those things where we were walking around the school on our time, on our um, out, of, out of class or something, and we saw a posting where for, for, for an arch credit, they were looking for the theater department was looking for uh, African-American actors for, okay. for the musical Pearl uh, that they were doing. And, 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 and basically they had a post and they said, looking for act, you know, looking for African-American singer actors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're like at, at this, at, at this point, neither one of us, you know, really kind of had any, 
inclination that we were were anything near that. You know, we were just we were we were we were for the most part we were ball players, and so we right. thought, oh, that's interesting. But it was but it was telling us it was kind of wooing the people, saying that if you do this, you get a culture arts credit, and you know you had you need a certain amount to graduate. And so we were like, hmm. It was saying, come and audition, come and sing a song. And I mean, at this point, imagine I didn't know what a monologue was, or you know, I knew. I knew Amazing Grace, basically, growing <laughs> right. up on the pew. But, right, and exactly. so uh, we auditioned. We, we decided, hey, let's go for it. We went in for, uh, to the audition. And, and uh, to my surprise, they said, uh, can you do a monologue? We said, well, I said, well, I don't know what that is. He said, have you committed anything to memory? Do you, do you have a, I don't know, a story you can tell or something? And I, and I said, right. well, I know the Apostles' Creed. That's something we learned back in the apostolic, <laughs> right. the apostolic faith. And they said, we well, do that. And I and I stood on the stage at North Carolina and, and, and presented the Apostles' Creed dramatically. And I and for some reason, and literally when I started opening my mouth, this dramatist came out that I that I was kind of totally shocked. And so it was what it was one of those things was a revelatory moment like, like wow, that was different. You know, that was new right. uh, to myself. Now, I'm not talking about to them. Right. I kind of like internally, I was thinking, man, I, w w what is that? So anyway, next thing you know, they asked me, well, do you have a song? And I said, well, I know Amazing Grace. And they said, well, they're just saying that. And I, I sung Amazing Grace. And I'm on that stage. And next thing you know, let's say two days later, they cast me in the lead role. And I'm, I'm thinking, I'm not even an actor. What are you talking about? They had Boise <laughs> Holmes, Pearly. Wow. I'm like, Pearly? I'm thinking maybe I can be one of the side hands. Or, you know. Yeah. So that, that was a moment right there. Wow. It, through that whole process in high school where I really began to say, oh, this is something that I think even the drama teacher kind of pulled me to the side and said, you know, man, I really think you should start looking at this. This right. this may be right. something you're. I, mean, I don't know how you know what what your hopes are uh, for for the NFL and all that. But but this he, he used to tell me, well, you know, you can get injured fast. You can go out there one day, you might not play again. So he was kind of just telling me, hey, look at the odds here. I think you have a gift, and you should look at you know which one you could probably um, do better. And so that was that was I think a, a pivotal moment in my in my. In, in purpose, and then the journey started from there right. as it pertains to really right. taking seriously right. a career in entertainment. Wow, that's amazing! I, you know, I, I firmly believe that. You know, there there's there are three steps when you're really in that place of of trying to go after your purpose. The first step is that discovery moment where you really discover it, because as <clears> we know, you know, our purpose has already been decided by the Father in the beginning, and now it's time for us really to discover it. And once we discover it, uh -huh. it's in, it's embracing it. You know, we can you can know what it is, but how many people have known what they were supposed to do and regressed to a mm -hmm. job or just ignored it or didn't do it? And then once you yeah. embraced it, the next step is pursuing it, is going after it. You know, and a lot of people stop along the way and don't move on go. to that next step where they've actually are pursuing their purpose like you are. You know, and that's why I have. Mm -hmm. That's why, you know, God really gave me this show because I wanted to talk to people who had reached that place where they're pursuing it because there's somebody who's at the embrace, the discover place or not even okay. there yet. And then there's mm -hmm. someone who's who's in the place of they've embraced it. Now they are trying to pursue it, but they don't know how they need mm -hmm. some steps. They need some resources. They need some inspiration. They yeah. need all of these things, you know. And so my, my, my next question kind of goes right into that. Was there ever a time where you really where you almost gave up on this path you know it was there one decision that could have taken your life into another direction mm. it was many times I've, I've given up um and even uh, even uh, you know even as of now it says um 
daily uh, we fight. We fight the good fight of faith. So there's always um, the, the faith is a lifestyle, and it's Correct. what it, it, and it's the holder of your destiny. Right. And 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 I think that there are many times had it not been for faith, I would have given up. And there are times that I did decide. You know what? I, I mean, listen, I was a truck driver. I went and got a license as an 18-wheeler driver wow. and I'd driving trucks, and I started having a career in that for a minute. I mean, it, this is the same time that I was acting. I was doing, I was driving trucks in the daytime and then going to rehearse as Jesus and Jesus Christ Superstar at night. Wow. And so I was kind of finding my way going to work. But the thing about it is it was, it was hard for me to conceive making a living as an actor. You know, it was people, the cliche goes, it's like, okay, you're an actor, now what else are you going to now, now go get a real job. Right. So there were plenty of times I gave up thinking that, you know, I probably, I'm not sure how uh, possible it is for me to make a living at this full time. Um, um, and, and also, I also want to rem um, remind you of, it. I want to speak about another instance that um, was, a, was a light bulb moment. But you know, it was plenty of times I, I felt like this was this couldn't be something uh, full time to pursue, and and so even even today, what I'm learning is is that faith is necessary for you even to believe that you're not going to give up. I mean, there are actors that today, day and day, it's a day and day out. How many people go into L.A., go into New York, and just give up and go back home? Exactly. Um, I think without faith, without a strong sense of knowing that hey, this is what I'm called to do, it's not easy. Um, to, to, to stay in the game. And um, so, yeah, there were times I've given up, but I'm, you know, it's like when you see, when you see what you see, when you have what you, when you're blessed with what you, what you, what you're gifted to do, or when you, especially when you're getting inspiration and encouragement from everyone, from your family to, to those around you who can see the gift and who are blessed or, or who are enlightened by the gift. I think that is most of the inspiration that keeps the artist going. Um, is understanding that he's actually making an indelible print in the world and he's actually shedding light or changing lives, telling stories. And through those stories, he's actually inspiring other people. So who, who, well, who are some of those people who at those, you know, those low points, either directly or indirectly spoken to you that really helps you to keep going? Well, first, I, I never forget my uh, drama teacher, Mr. Sorrells. Um, he was one of the most, when I, when I did that show, Pearly, he was the director and he really, he was, uh, you know, he would encourage me so much and say, listen, I think, you know, we could get you in North Carolina School of the Arts and I really think you should take this seriously. And he started really kind of uh, cultivating uh, what he saw in, 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 in me. And then as I began to, and, and it came in the doing and learning more about it. I mean, mm -hmm. Shakespeare, we, I started learning Shakespeare in, in, in high school and, and I would read William Shakespeare and, um, and, um, you know, I would read about uh, their stories and then that kind of led me into people who would portray them and um, and all this, all, all those just I mean, everything from sonnets to to um, uh, what is his name? Um, I'm trying to think of the playwright that recently passed away. August Wilson. August Wilson. Yes. Um, yeah, August Wilson. I'd read those pieces. And then, you know, my sister would inspire me by uh, like at that time who was on the top was Denzel Washington, exactly. um, Sidney Poitier, of course. And, and, and I started really just studying uh, the life of those men. Mm -hmm. um, Harry Belafonte and my, and my sister was instrumental too in kind of really uh, fostering and cultivating this. She would kind of feed me this material like, oh, you should read up on this and read up on this guy and read up on this guy. And so I just kind of 
you know, as I heard one man say, I started hanging out with those guys. Yes. Even yeah. though I didn't, even though I didn't know them, because right. I was reading their materials, their biographies, and their life stories, and and finding encouragement from from. Um, Denzel was probably the, the, the number one, you know, because I saw, wow, how he had crossed over from theater to film to being a very likable, bankable star uh, in Hollywood and, and just making a, a strong message and a clean slate, you know, and a very positive energy and attitude. And, and that was the kind of role model that I was looking. James Earl Jones was another major one because I actually... Um, I did a monologue from Othello. Othello is what is what took me is what uh, by the grace of that that I received that National Shakespeare Competition win. So I would study him, the Great White Hope. You know, uh, I never forget seeing uh, him play the boxer, and uh, and and um, so yeah, it, it, and and his voice. You know, I mean, yes. when I when I started hearing, I said, man, this guy, man, this is, you know, I started to think, wait a minute, maybe I could be the next James Earl Jones. You know. It was, <laughs> Just, just a hopeful man, yeah, uh, yeah. up and coming hopeful. So yeah, I would say those two, Morgan Freeman. The list will go on, but um, yeah, I just you know that's so amazing because I, um, you're way down on, on my, <laughs> you're already getting down into my question list because I wrote down James Earl Jones because I just you know he's one of my favorites and I I kind of knew I said well we're going to talk about James Earl Jones so a little mm -hmm. bit later we'll get into uh, and Denzel you know he he's another one because I want to talk more about selecting roles is something that we talked about when we met in LA at the, at the, at the merge summit. And so we'll get into that a little mm -hmm. bit more. So this is good. Mm -hmm. um, so one of your premier roles has been Mufasa in the Lion King. What was that audition process like? Okay. That was that, that now initially I sent in a tape, right? Uh, like yeah. I said, before we first started the conversation, I, I, I recorded, they sent me some signs, but it all kind of started. I was in Japan singing Motown, a Motown review show. I lived in Japan for a year right. and uh, a friend of mine that was in the show, one of the guys in the show, he visited Hong Kong while we were in Japan and he's, and he saw, um, a festival show, festival of Lion King at, um, and at, at, at a smaller version. And he, he, came back to Japan and said, you know, I saw this role, Scar. Um, I think you'd be good for this role. Long story short, we, we put a tape together. Uh, they cast me in the version that I'm doing now here in Hong Kong uh, as, as Scar. They, they cast me in that. But that led to the worldwide artistic director they were putting Lion King up in Shanghai as well mm -hmm. he was on his way back to America he came to see the show saw me as Scar and he, and he met me afterwards backstage and left left his number said hey you should be playing Mufasa and I said yeah I should be you had a job <laughs> for me and so he's like well how long is your contract here I said I got about three months left he said well let's stay in touch and you know it's not easy to come by a lot of people get in Lion King they don't want to leave so right. let's let's see what we got next thing you know I get I get it I get an email from Lion King Germany and says hello we got your information from da 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 John Stephanuick and we'd like to consider you for um, the role of Mufasa and so it says well can you come over to Germany how soon can you get here I said well I don't have any vacation time now to come to Germany he said but I could send the tape so they that started the process of Lion King and I and I and I they sent me some sides and I sent the tape and they sent me the sides in German I said well Am I going to do this in English? They go, do you know any German? I said, no, none. <laughs> but I said, I have a friend. I happen to have a friend who spoke German. This oh, guy I used to hang, I hung with when I was in Hong Kong. So he taught me the, he kind of dictated and we worked one-on-one -on -one with that. And that was, the, that was the process. The first process was putting the tape together. Put the tape together. They asked me to sing the song um, that Mufasa sings to his son, They Live in You. They asked me to sing that and put it on tape. 
And they said, just sing some of the German. If you don't, if you want to hold the page, that's fine. But just kind of can we hear, you know, just a little bit of, 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 of what you're catching on to. And so we did that. And from that tape, they actually gave me a shot and said, we want, we'd like to bring you over. Um, so it started like that. That was all faith because I'm thinking to myself, well, y'all, you see me, you know, on the, on the tape, but you don't know me in the flesh. Exactly. And so that's how the process started. And that's, that's when I became a, a part of the family. And of course, once you get there and they start to know you and all that, you kind of, kind of get in this, they, they say, it's, um, you can't, can't get out. But anyway, um, <laughs> well, I have a, we have a friend that did Lion King and, and the touring Lion King and it kept going and going and going and going and going. So I, 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 yeah. can, I can understand. Um, and, and, of course, you're talking about the the different variations of how you can audition. Audition, you know, an audition it can be tough. You know, long lines, mm. everybody going for the same role. Some desperate, some hopeful. The long wait, the mm. callbacks, and you you said it. I mean, I was going to ask you what was your approach to auditioning, Faith, of course. But you know, if if someone was was listening who was an aspire, aspiring actor or actress. What would you tell them about your process to auditioning and how you handle a lot of the, you know, uh, not being cast and all the different mm-hmm. things that go with that process? Well, you you, you can't take it personal. Uh, um, you know, we're in a business. People are. This is the business. The business of of, of, of it's show business. Right. And um, you know, I had to learn that that uh, you know part of it is show, but most of it is business. Right. And you can't even take it personal. You got to have tough skin. You got to have a heart. You know, a, a, a tough heart, and understand. You you need to know. Um, that you, you belong here, right? Because if you start having doubts about, oh, I mean, that thing will take you on a roller coaster mm-hmm. ride, man. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to trying to trying to see, you know, up and down one day and next day you're going for it, and you, you know, you just gotta, you just you just gotta really know that this is what is what you're called to do. Um, that, but let me tell you, even to this day, I wanted to say that they still, even for Lion King, for example, you still sometimes have to come and prove yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, company to company, depending on the role, depending on where they, they want to see if you're still in shape. They want to see right. vocally if you got if your acting chops is still the same, if if you're if um, if your body is in the in the right place. And um, so it's all it's 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 something that you always got to keep um, keep abreast, keep up keep up on. Uh, I would say for the process, study uh, to show yourself that you're approved you know you know really uh, you know i was reading about nate parker the other day you know yeah. the one who recently absolutely 17.5 million yeah now do you know he said when denzel washington cast him in uh, great debaters he went and 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 memorized the whole script wow. he said denzel washington requires that every character that he directs that he requires that you write a backstory for your character and he said he wrote a hundred page essay wow. of his character and the great debaters. I mean, and he says that Denzel Washington handpicked him. And, I, and I'm trying to think. And see, that's the kind of thing, that's the kind of work in the dark right. that people don't really hear Absolutely. about, don't really know about. you got to study, man. Like, yes. he said he memorized the whole script to when he was auditioning for Denzel. When he when Denzel would say something about a scene, he'd go and tell him, the, he'd say the lines. And I thought, man, that's the kind of level that's what it takes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, That's what's yeah. going to separate you from the pack. And this is an everyday. I'm preaching to the choir because I got to remind myself this is a kind of diligence and discipline that that people who really believe in what the gift is that they have. That's the that's the kind of level that they're working on. So 
that process process should be a process of of, of learnedness of studying uh, what it takes. You know, being the best at what you do, yeah. uh, being being the great the best steward. Um, seeing it as a as stewardship, right. you know, someone entrusting you with something and really going for it and, 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 and saying, hey, what is going to separate me? What is the what is the uh, what can take me to the next level? You know, what can separate me from all the other guys that I'll see in the room? The more prepared I am, a confidence comes from preparedness. Mm, absolutely. You, you know, you know, confidence comes from faithfulness. Right. And so I think uh, that's one of the things that'll start in in the process, just being, 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 being prepared. Yeah. Uh, the, the casting the casting director of Lion King has said uh, he's quoted by saying, "I hate to see." They say, "What's your, your pet peeve when actors come in unprepared? They come in with the sides in their hand. You've given them the sides for three days or so." And they're coming to the callback with sides in their hand, looking at the page. It's like you say, "He'd rather you just, he'd rather you crack when you." You sing, but sing it with emotion. But tell a story. Yeah. He'd rather you not memorize the lines, but get into the get into the role. So, preparation's key. Wow, that's amazing. And I, and I would venture to say, some of those actors could be um, equal or or more talented than some of the other ones who may have gotten the part. But someone said, mm-hmm. average skill, phenomenal will. You know, if you have that, if you have will, just like. Mm-hmm. Nate Parker, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't know that backstory. That's amazing. Just writing a hundred page essay and memorizing mm-hmm. the entire script. No, nobody, you know, people want, they, they would, they love to see the overnight success. They don't like mm-hmm. to see the work that goes on at three in the morning, at four in the morning, the stand mm-hmm. up all night long to, to memorize the script, to go over size, to learn another language. Mm-hmm. But they, they see it, they see the fruit of it, but they don't mm-hmm. really get a chance to, to understand the root that's happening behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and de- I mean, you got dedication. It's a lot of factors. I just that's one of the major factors. Yeah. But even, even as you speak, I think of dedication. Right. You know, uh, uh, to to the craft, man. As, uh, I read a tweet. I read a tweet last night by Chris Pratt talking about how he was. You know, up seventeen hours shooting this movie, and then the galaxies, uh, the galaxy movie, and back over eight, you know, few hours of sleep, back up again, six a.m. He's like, man, but I'm doing what I love, so yes. it doesn't feel like work. Absolutely, absolutely. You know? I, I'm I'm really interested in in hearing you talk about. Um, you mentioned you did mention earlier about working with your friend who was German and helping you, but how how long did it take you to actually become get to a point where I don't know if you're fluent or not, but you sound fluent to me when I when I've heard you speak it before. But how right. was that process? How long did it take you to ramp up? You know, what were some of the the tips and things that you used for um, to get the right um, tone and diction? You know, what were some of the things that you did to actually? do that and convey it with emotion if you understand it especially for the audience mm-hmm. well well i i um i definitely had help I, i'm not going to sit here and act like that was all me because um first of all my friend he kind of introduced me to um to the language and, and he would help me with that script and then once i once i arrived in germany i had a phonetics teacher that uh. i that they um it was mandatory that I work with her every day. Yes. I had to go to the theater every day and sit there in front of her one-on-one, face-to-face, 
and she'd just go over that script with me, go over that language. She gave me a CD with the whole script in German, uh, from the song to the to the script, the, to the lines in the, in the show. And uh, she would we, we would rehearse every day, uh, and she'd sit there, you know, auch uch, no, you're saying ich is is ich. And I mean, every she'd nitpick every little thing, and we'd record those sessions. So, it, it, you know, it's almost like um, you are what you eat. It just became. I, I would record those sessions, and I would I would listen to it over and over again. Every moment, I'd take the tape and just play it again. And she gave me a CD, as I said, and um, I had already I knew the show in English, so I knew I, I knew the the intent and right. uh, the back the story, um, but. Um, that was just rehearsal. That was that was practice and practice and practice of, of listening and over and over. You know, um, we talked about faith. Faith comes by hearing. That's just kind of one of those things where after a while you listen something, listen something, and it becomes a part of you. Right. Uh, it's how the greatest. It's how, it's how the, all the other uh, the greats in the game they they memorize memorization techniques. But it's also I think a gift uh, that memorization. It, it it can it can be learned, uh, I think too. But I but I think, right. as, as I said, me growing up, I was always always imitating what I saw, and so I think part of it was a gifting for me to imitate initially until I was able to really envelop um, that that character, kind of the, to imitate what I what I saw, and they allowed me. Uh, uh, she she spoke it a lot, and she and I, and I remember watching her, and I kind of was imitating what she would say, and she said, oh. You you you're speaking like a native, you know. So that's when I started thinking, okay, wait a minute, this this could be a gift here because I was mostly kind of imitating her inflections, her tones, and mm-hmm. and uh, after a while, it just be it becomes a part. It took me about two months to memorize the script um, from the day we sat down and started working on it. And after that, they threw me to the wolves and said, they said, whenever you're ready, we'll put you out there. They put me out there the the first time they put me out there, and it was just um, after a while, you just the more practice you get, of course, right. the better you get. Right. You know, I might have, I don't even know if I so much stumbled, but I think I wasn't as confident when I first went out there because, of course, it's all, it was all German. It was, it right. was a great challenge. But right. I think it comes in the doing. The more you do it, it's like anything else, you get better. You get yeah. you get better. Absolutely. You know? That's awesome. And, and it's, it's, it's your words, whether it's in a different language or the language that you're, that you're native to. You know, it's your words and words, you know, they words are our vocation. Essentially, you know, it's, it's our profession. It's what we profess. It's it's uh-huh. what we do. Um, and you you seem very even when I've heard Abraham speaks and some of the vignettes that you've done, you seem very intentional about the words uh, that you use. Kind of unpack that a little bit for me mm-hmm. in terms of in terms of um, just your words and, 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 the, and what's behind your words as you speak them. Yeah. Yeah, well, even even that premise was was kind of given to me by Dr. Dr. Winston be, began to speak about. Uh, it actually started in the, um, I would say, the word of faith teaching that I started learning from Dr. Dr. Price when he started. When I really started, I sat under him for a while when I was in L.A. and um, he was a teacher, and I would just he would you know he would kind of unfold the power of spoken word and uh, just the idea of faith. You know uh, Abraham believing God, and then you know faith in the blessing, and 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 just 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 kind of um, just just un- you know he really started unfold the scriptures to me, and I think as a teacher now, so I was so I was really kind of mm, I went okay okay, so I started looking into it for myself, and then you'll find in the word it says the power of life and death and the tongue, 
Right. They that love it shall eat its fruit thereof. I mean, you you find at the very beginning, and God said, and God said, and God said, and God said. So many times, if you go to Genesis, uh, that first chapter, and God said, and God saw, and God said, and God saw, God said, all the way down to 26 or 7, where he says, now, we're going to make man in our image, in our likeness. So they, he said, and he saw, now here's mankind being... Uh, uh, a replica of himself being made in his image, and, and it's like right. you kind of see right on the onset, this is the intention of the Father, that he'd make man in his image, that he'd have dominion over everything. You know, we, it just says creeps in the earth. But the idea about it is that uh, those words were even made in the beginning um, to create, and not even so much to communicate. Because you see where Adam was naming all those animals. I mean, talk about memory and talk about, I mean, this is nothing. The level that, the level yeah. that, the level that we are working on now is from a fallen place. Right. But if you think about Adam, he's, you know, how did he name, how do we get all those animals to this day? And so talk about the power of words. The Bible says whatever he called them, that's what it was named. Even down to Eve and his wife, when he said, that's bone of my bone right there. That's, he, that's word power. That's, that's word power, man. And earlier, as we were talking, you were you were kind of talking a little bit about voice, and that, and that's that's that transportation device that carry that carries your words, you know. And, and mm -hmm. finding your voice is you know really essential to discovering your purpose. What process did you go through to find your physical voice, and then mm -hmm. what process did you go through to find your voice, which is your unique offering to the world? When I started yeah. uh, auditioning, even even the interesting thing, ironically, playing. The first role that I ever played on stage as an actor was a preacher from Georgia. Yeah. Pearlie was, was a Southern preacher, you know, Southern Baptist preacher. And he happened to have a monologue at the end where he does this whole spiel about Captain Kachapi. And he's, you know, he's, he was a preacher. It's an interesting thing about it. And so uh, I kind of found, I took what I, what I, what, 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 as I was saying earlier, kind of like imitating those ministers as a young kid sitting on a pew falling asleep. And the time that I was awake watching this fire and brimstone preacher, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, with the sweat coming down, the white tile in his hand, and I, all of those imprints. First of all, you're kind of a, you're kind of a, um, you, you're, 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 you're kind of made up individuals of all the voices that you've heard right. from a young kid. You know, even you're, you're, your thinking or your your beliefs, it, it all comes by someone presented on this canvas that you had, that we all have. And so I'm saying we're made up of all these voices. And then later on, you got to start to kind of weed through and find out what is my, what do I believe? Okay, I'll take that. I won't take that. I'll, give me that. I'll take that. And I'm learning, wow. So even the way you perceive the world is kind of a makeup of everything you've been exposed to. And so I kind of think that's where I, finding that voice had a lot to do with those, 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 those imprints that were on my psyche growing up. And then saying, okay, so during this, pre this preacher role, they would tell me, well, he's a preacher. You know, the, the, the director would tell me, so, you know, you know a preacher? Uh, you know of any preachers? I'm like, who are you talking to? I grew up in the church. <laughs> right. So I, I kind of was a, it was a work in progress, kind of imitating. When I took the script, it was a great script, and it had great material. It allowed me to exercise my voice and to say, oh, I remember Bishop Henry Hedgepeth from Spring Hope, North Carolina. I'm going to do this like I would see him doing. He had that white towel and the sweat coming down. And so that kind of was me finding the voice of, of, um, of, uh, of, 
u- using what I had, right, and, and kind of you know using that to 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 portray Pearly, and then and then and then finding the more particular voice. I think about uh, it, that. That's more of a gift as it pertains to the resonance, right? That's again me going. Okay, I, I feel like. So- some, something's there that I, I used to, as I say, listen to James Earl Jones. Because people would say to me a lot of times, "You sound like James Earl Jones. You sound like James Earl Jones." Again, another voice that I'm, someone's painting on my canvas, and I took it in and said, "Oh, James Earl Jones." So I started watching him, you know, and then, and then of course we all see Lion King, and then we, you know, he welcome to us. This is CNN. I would I would hear that all the time. And I was imitate this is CNN. And so I, I started just imitating that, going, wow. And you discover that. You say, wow, that's something possibly unique. My mother, would, of course, would encourage me. Your gift is in your voice. She'd been saying that since I was young. Your wow. gift is in your voice, whether it's singing, whether it's acting, whether it's preaching, whether it's it, but your gift's in your voice. So, you know, you, you have mentors. You don't, do, you, don't, you don't learn this alone. People help you along the way, and then you kind of discover this as you, as you, as you grow and as you get more into it, you know, and then and then your relationship with the Lord, and He begins to show you your your voice, your what what separates you, the voice that you'll herald exactly. as a you know, and, and the gift that you'll give to the world, and what that is, you know, and that's that kind of comes from just kind of staying with Him by His grace, and and just even seeing also the reactions of people. I think a lot of people can find their voice by. Are you making an imprint on what you're doing? I mean, you know, you, you might want to be a, 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 what do you call it? Um, you might want to uh, be a chef, but but can you cook? Is, is that really your voice? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah no, yeah. You, you, I, got, I got a passion to be a chef, but you're burning food. <laughs> exactly. That's, you know, so anyway, your giftings, you start finding your gifts. You know? Right. In your bio, I wrote that, I, not I wrote, but I read that it said the voice of, of one. Tell me a little bit about the voice of one. Where does that come from? Well, that's a revelation um, that God showed me um, when John said, I'm the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Mm. Um, Prepare you the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Um, The Trinity is one, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And so uh, the idea about that was, was me representing, being a representative of the voice of one. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, to, to take it to a spiritual place, you know. But this, of course, we know this has to infiltrate into the world. Um, so it's so it's so it's so it's part spiritual, and it's also just uh, just saying the voice of there's one thought, there's one agenda, there's one purpose, there's one goal, there's you know there there is um, there is one calling, and so and so whatever you do, you kind of you're doing it around that center or that you're doing it from that standpoint is the voice of one. I'm one with who I am, with who he made me to be. I'm one with my gifting, my calling. I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I'm one with, um, uh, purpose and, and, and just, and, 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 and one with, with, with what I, the heart of what I, of, of, of what I believe we are to affect, how we are to affect the world and change the world. And, 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 and so, yeah. That's good. If your eye be single, I just thought the scripture says, if your eye be single, your whole body shall be full of light. Exactly. Your eye is single. Your eye is one. And, that, exactly. and that's, that's, that's been branded. Um, something God gave me, branded myself as the voice of one. That's beautiful. That's awesome. I, I, um, as I said earlier, we um, got a chance to connect in L.A. a few years ago at the Merge Summit. And I, and I remember... Um, we sat through a panel mm-hmm. discussion with uh, David Oyelowo, 
and uh, oh, he played yeah. um, he played Martin, oh, yeah. Martin Luther King in Selma, recent, Selma. most recently, mm-hmm. and uh, he told a story about what led him get, to get the role in the Butler, and, and ultimately mm-hmm. his relationship and having an, an opportunity to pray with Oprah. Uh, Winfrey and Lee Daniels and uh, mm-hmm. one of the things that I know you were biting at the bit to talk with him about was I, I believe was selecting roles and, and how as a yeah. Christian you can go in and, and select roles that reflect your values you know how do you go about selecting roles especially as a Christian someone who desires to reflect values on and off the stage what is that process like especially TV movies things of that nature yeah and well, I used to be so close-minded, man. I almost go as far as to say religious, mm, okay. because you know, um, religion will keep you in a place of um, just keep it'll it'll keep God in a box. Uh, it'll keep you in a box. It'll keep um, your ideals and it'll it just your imagination in a box. And I used to be very dogmatic and very like super strict about you know. Uh, oh man, about the things I would put even to portray. You know, you know. I had one lady say to me one time, I went to pray, I went to the church, and she saw me on law, she saw my clip on Law and Order uh, that I play as a pimp, right? Uh-huh. Oh, I saw that, that's funny. Yeah. SUV, yeah. and she says, and the man, the pastor asked me to pray, da, da, da. Anyway, she goes, ain't you the one from Law and Order? And then she said, yeah, I saw you in Law and Order. I'm glad I heard you pray first. <laughs> you know, I'm like, you know what? God bless your sister. Yeah, and, yeah, and, you know, yeah. that, but, but here's the thing, it's like I used to really... I feel like, you know, uh, the Bible says, I become all things to all men that I may win some. Paul said this. Right. And I think it's uh, this this is something that I that I'm that's still evolving even even now as to as I study more and understand right. we're storytellers. Right. I think it was Fred Price that told, told me we we asked him a lot of actors. We had asked him in a panel. What does he think about Christian actors uh, portraying? Roles, you know, uh, profanity, you know, drug dealers, da, 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 whatever, whatever that, that's looked at as negative. And he said, hey, you all are telling a story. You know, you're using your gift to tell a story. We understand that's not who you are. Um, you know, so you got to be able to you do have to be able to separate. This is this is this is for some and some may think differently, you know, Absolutely. but the idea about it, uh, you got to be able to separate. And it's not easy for everyone because a lot of actors, unfortunately, have gone off. The path getting so into character, exactly. You know, rest his soul like Heath Ledger, and uh, you know who went to a dark room for the Joker, and they said just crazy talking to herself and summoning up spirits. How far you want to go with this? I don't know if it's worth right. all that. Right. But you got to have a strong spirit to know who you are, and 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 to go in saying I'm portraying a character. Not I, I tell my wife there are certain roles I don't I don't even want to be I don't even want to see. My sons, my generations, I don't even, based off the covenant that I have with her, there are certain things that I can already see, ah, I'd probably be uneasy doing that. So right. uh, I'm just going to believe God for uh, opportunities that will allow me to use my gifting in the best way. And then also to create. This pushes right. you into creativity. Right. Because you are the change that you want to see. Be the change you want right. to see. Right. So I think... Um, I, I don't. I'm not as. I'm not as. I'm not as close as I was. But I'm not wide open now. I do right. have some some things that I've I've said. No, nah, this is the margin here. I'm not going to go beyond this. But for example, that role in Law and Order years ago, you might not have seen me do that. I think. Oh no, that's that right there. You know, how could I possibly play that role and then call myself a believer? Right. I remember one time I went in. I never forget it's the first role I had auditioned for in L.A. I turned the role down. I got the job. 
going in, I went in, this movie was called, uh, I forget, it was with, uh, what, is, what is that guy? Scarface. It was a movie with Scarface, and I was one of his homeboys, and it kind of went straight to DVD. Uh-huh. But I was one of his homeboys. Long story short, the script, my agent called me. I first got to L.A. They got me an agent. They say, yeah, we got you your first audition. It's a movie with Scarface. It's an independent film. You're going to go in for this role, da 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 I said, great. Send me the script. I was all excited. And I looked at the script, and it was blankety-blankety-blankety-blank. I was going, oh, wow, really? You know, here I, I was at Noel Jones Church when yeah, I first yeah, came yeah. up. Man, representing the kingdom. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So I went into the audition, man, and I said, I remember going into the bathroom, and I said, Lord, I'm going to go and do this, but this is not me. I was in the bathroom almost crying, saying, Father, this is this is not me. I'm going to go portray this role <laughs> the best of my ability, but this is not Boise. You know yeah. my heart, right? Yeah. I'm just going to yeah. go over here and portray so-and-so. Yeah. Here I am in the bathroom. They call me in there. <laughs> And man, I, and I remember sh- I was actually shaking during the audition because it was my first time yeah. having gone against all that I thought was correct yeah. and what I knew. Exactly. And so, man, I was nervous in the audition. Do you know that woman cast me? I'm not going to say her name. She's a big cast director today. Uh-huh. She cast me in that role. And I'm talking about I was in a room with everybody from the jungle. You know, I don't know if you know what that's That's Cabrini Green. You from Chicago? Oh, yes, Wendy. sir. Yeah. Let's say you got a Cabrini Green in there, and I'm in there, and and all us going in. She cast me, and I'm going, wow. why is she casting me? Amazing. And I turned the role down basically because I I, I, I was like, yeah, I can't go through with this. So that was kind of the beginning of me, you know, that whole uh, man, that whole conflict yeah. was going on, yeah. you know. Exactly. And since then, I've gotten like, okay, it's it's not that serious, okay. Right. I'm not giving my heart and soul. I'm I'm putting all in. At the same time, I'm becoming all things to all men. There's the gifting also there that allows you to turn it on and to turn it off, if not gone too far. As exactly. I said, I want to repeat. There are some things that I, right. I'm not going to do. Right. But right. so yeah. How, well, to this how, day, I saw the cast director, and she whatever. <laughs> she goes, "Yeah, Boise, okay." And I'm like, "Come on, just let me back in. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah, I turned the role down." So she was disappointed that I yeah, turned it down. Sure. Yeah, she, like, and they said, my agent said, "You can't. You're not Denzel Washington." I remember he said, "You're not Denzel. You just got to L.A. You need to be doing whatever we can give you." I said, "No, no. I got. Wait a minute. I got some values here. Yeah. You're not just gonna play me. Yeah. You know." Well, with more faith-based movies obviously being produced and coming out of Hollywood, are you hopeful for more, you know, roles and opportunities for yourself and for yeah. others that can really reflect, uh, you know, some of those values to bring balance as well? Yeah, yeah, I really am, man. And I'm really encouraged and inspired and excited about, I'm reading material, I mean, just as early as yesterday, they're doing uh, Jesus Christ Superstar, a live, a live airing of that, Tyler Perry narrating it, and uh, you know, this is NBC. And I'm saying, man, like... You know, you got you got Son of God. The Bible kind of kicked it off. The Bible right. series, and right. I mean, you got everything now. Moses and the Noah, and oh uh, man, I mean, so I'm really excited about how Hollywood is saying, "Hey, wait a minute. Number one, this is selling. I told you, it's a business." Right. And they realized, man, the Bible. They had so many. Their ratings were so high, I almost blew the television screen Absolutely. off. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I, that's really exciting to see that there's a lot. Um, faith-based. And, and I tell you, even as it pertains to faith-based, it doesn't always have to be long hair and a long robe on. Right. Look at, again, Nate, Nate Parker. The idea about it, he said the other day, I'm a man of faith. He said, any Christians in the house, I'm a man of faith. And you can see now the groundwork that God is doing, that, that he's kind of working through his agents to produce material that's not necessarily saying, you know, 
to the utmost, Jesus saves. But they're 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 talking about men and women who were who were who were who were who were pioneers right. um, and, and and the people that we can be proud of. So right. to me, that's considered faith based. He's talking right. about Nat Turner, who 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 was a you know who just. Uh, this is un, 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 unexplainable faith and courage. So, right. those are the kind. All that material is is material that will translate to every culture, to every uh, walk of life that people can right. relate to. Christian, right. non-Christian, right. can get right. with. You know, right. yeah. Amazing. Man, Lion King is faith-based. Yep. What am I saying? Prodigal Son. It's the story right. of Prodigal Son, right. wrapped up in spectacle, yeah. and that's why it's the number one musical in the world, and will probably never. It will beat out everything for, right. because it's just because it's the message touches the soul. That's a, to me that's faith based, right. but it's it's saying you know it's talking about animals. But it's, but, I'm, <laughs> I, I, but the parallel I'm Absolutely. saying is Julie Taymor will say that in an interview. It's the prodigal son all over again. You know wow. they know about the, 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 Absolutely. so Absolutely. yeah. Well, let's get into a, little, a few uh, nut, nuts and bolts items. What are some non-negotiable habits? that you do every day that you can say that really is is a part of your uh, just being successful? Number one um, is my is my is my is my time with the, with the Lord, man. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, this that's a non-negotiable uh, time spent in the presence of God, man, because I think the more that's 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 what I have taken as my personal um non-negotiable habit number one is is like getting in his presence the more you can unfold or is unfolded who you are you know and and what your assignment is and and what today will bring or what 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 you how do you ought to affect the world that day so that's kind of been something that at the top i do every day honestly i've been very busy with this show um so it's been a lot of attention on 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 this show but i'm I, the second thing I do is I also stay in the loop. I stay in the loop of what's going on. You know, um, how are you going to affect the a world that you know nothing about, or a right. city that right. you know nothing? How are you going to take over a city you don't know anything? About? You don't know the population of the city. Right. So uh, I'm, I've kind of made it my business to to make sure that I stay abreast of what's going on. Uh, I'm also reading other scripts. I'm creating my own material. Um, a, a, a non-negotiable habit is work on some of the vision that God has put inside of you. Yeah. That it's great to be able to be a part of someone else's vision. Right. But there's so many stories uh, that wants to be downloaded into the world and, and, and songs and all kinds, so much creativity out there. Right. So I said next, a, a non-negotiable is, is I make sure I do something as it pertains to what, what I've been shown in my vision and telling my vision, whether it's describing a bit of penning a new piece you know whether it's memorizing uh, 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 memorization skills, um, working on that, and then um, just in just just also uh, I'm, in, I'm intaking some new material, but I'm also making sure um, that I stay on top with with memorize. And I'm, I'm starting to now get scripts like like work on uh, uh, television scripts, uh, uh, um, reading over scripts and memorizing because those guys. Even from soap operas and beyond, it, it, you know, they they got to a lot of times learn lines right on the spot, right on the set, you know, yeah. and, and and that's 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 at that, that's at the bottom of a level. That's a kind of a, a throwaway. Everybody knows that, but I'm right. saying those skills could never be over exercised, right? right. Memori- memorizing, right. you know, you say you want to be a part of something, um, um, 
you, you got to know all about. You need to get as much as, and I'm learning this. You got to get as much right. as information as you can about that craft and that business. So, those are at least three habits that I keep. Yeah. Do you do you uh, do you write uh, every day, or do you set time aside, maybe a few times a week, to to write? Uh, writing is is a passion of mine. I love it. I need to <laughs> to write more. Um, mm-hmm. Do you have a process that you go? I, I do. I, you know, sometimes four in the morning, I'll get up, set my time, maybe about an hour put something in the calendar to do um what are some of the things that you do to to get to a place where you're finishing some of those projects those vignettes instead of them kind of staying in limbo yeah well i want to i'm gonna connect that with what i the other the other habit i would say one of the greatest habits is i'm an avid reader um i read a lot man i read a lot of material and i branched off into reading even more you know uh material I mean, and more views, more point of views. I open myself up to, to, to just read, to intake. You know, we're, we're a bunch of seeds that were dropped on the earth. And right. it's got to be. And everything we need to flesh out what we're supposed to do is like needs to be unfolded. And, and so I think reading also tons of material. See, now going into what you said about writing, I get inspired by material, a lot of material. And it, and it, and it kind of prompts me to want to, hmm, man, that could be a great piece right there. You know? It doesn't just have to be what you saw Abraham speaks, but we're, we're kind of branching this this thing out into a into a bigger brand that can kind of communicate other messages uh, through right. other ways than the biblical, um, the, the direct biblical words. So, uh, so, so if I so as I open myself up to read more material, it allows me to write. Now I don't write every single day, right? No, but but I'm always intake. There's always an intake on the daily something to muse and to meditate so that as it and as it comes out i keep a pad with me i do keep this iphone has really been saving my life i, I oh, keep absolutely. this phone man there's there's ideas that come to oh yeah we can do that yeah. and we can start so i work on those pieces um uh, single-minded the single-minded vision man just they they all add to the bigger picture of right. where of, of where i'd like to go eventually with all of this i tell you i have about 400 messages uh 400 notes on my notepad uh Man. and i'm using i don't know if i don't know if you've heard of evernote but i use evernote as a, as a yeah. tool oh my goodness i, I just I have evernote on. i haven't even used i had evernote I, on, to- I had evernote on my phone for about a good six months and did not use it and i listened uh-huh. to another podcast and he talked about it now it's it's my go-to whenever i have an idea it's going in Evernote. I'm using a notepad. I'm using the notes. It's there. You can. It, it's amazing. Dig in, dig yeah. into the Evernote. It'll it'll it'll, it'll change your life. Wow. <laughs> and I'm sitting here. The app is on here. Somebody told me about Evernote back when in LA, and I, and I downloaded it. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm glad you said that. It's I can't. I can't speak enough about Evernote. So you mentioned reading a lot. What are some of your, what are some of your favorite books, and some of the books that you're reading now? What's I'm reading now? Man, let me tell you, because I, I just got this title. I'm sitting here. I'm reading a book now called The, the Artisan Way. Ah. Uh, that's, that's by, a, that's by a, a pastor, but he has a broad spectrum of God. It's uh, from a Mosaic, the Mosaic Church in Los Angeles. Okay. Um, so I'm reading his book on Kindle now. There's, a, there's, a, there's uh, Up From Slavery, a Booker T. Washington uh, oh, yeah. book. Let me see here, because I just literally... Yeah, there's there, there, there's something in front of mind, the greatest minds and ideas of all times. Ah, okay. uh, uh, something called the Lessons of History by Will Durant, the Great Controversy, 
you just want to be well versed, well, well, well learned, and and I, and I and I and I learned these. No short of success. Success doesn't come. Even all the people you read, the greats, the people that made an imprint on the earth, they they were readers. Leaders are readers. Exactly. Uh, 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 and so, um, yeah, I just really recently started opening myself up to a lot more of great material that really has inspired me. Well, congratulations on 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 your recent marriage. Oh uh, yeah. How has that? How has life been? Oh, life been great, man. Well, listen, he didn't find if a wife finds a good thing. <laughs> And obtain a favor, but it, my, aside from that, the Lord knows exactly what you need right. to complete what you need to complete. So, in more in a more specific way, it's been very beautiful. It's been very uh, personal. Just the idea of the Lord choosing, or you know, allowing someone to cross my path that was really right for me. That's been a blessing, man. Um, right. right. So you know, it's one of those things where you work out in marriages day by day by day. You, right. But it's all done by faith. This is what I'm learning, man. Right. Yeah. Man, everything you do, yeah. you're gonna do it by faith. I mean, I think it was Dr. Winston even told me that. Yeah. He said marriage is by faith. Right. And I'm learning that. It's like <laughs> this is a daily walk. Yeah. You know, it's not about when I then I when I when everything is perfect. Now I'm becoming an actor. No, you're not. You're going to right. start where you are now. When everything's exactly. perfect, I'm going to get married. So, so anyway, she's you know the most beautiful woman in the world. In case you haven't noticed, but uh, anyway, uh, you know every chick thinks his. How does it say? Every crow thinks his chick is the whitest. So it's a beautiful well, thing, man. I'm blessed. That's true. That's true. Well, awesome, man. Well, I, again, I I am honored and privileged to have you come on uh, to the show. It's it's a blessing to have a voice as yours, Grace. Uh, uh, the digital airwaves and um, I'm appreciative and um, thank you man this is this has been an honor this has been a, I think we covered some really really amazing stuff in the show and I, I believe that it'll help someone that's that's my goal I believe that what we do here just mm -hmm. as Belafonte and Sidney Poitier and all of these individuals who spoke into your life was able mm -hmm. to help you out that what you have to offer will help someone out one person two person a thousand people who listen to this podcast will be inspired yeah. by what you said and go into the direction of arts and entertainment or even go into another area with some of the principles that you were able to um so eloquently and authentically communicate so mm -hmm. i'm thankful oh man well i'm appreciative too uh and let me say one last point i just thought about something on uh the aspect of marriage you gotta have somebody who gets it i gotta i yeah. gotta plug that because she gets it that's another thing is my wife is an artist herself okay and so um she's in the business she's a dancer in world she's been all over the world and so she gets she gets it and it's that's very important you know right. um so it's, it's it's been a blessing to kind of to, to be to communicate and to share life with someone who really gets where you are that's important find out more about Boise Homes, log on to his website at www.boisehomes.com. Thank you again for listening and remember to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, stream 24-7 on Stitcher, and join our mailing list to get updates on our next show and much, much more. Remember to follow me on Instagram and Twitter at jeglin and use the hashtag BeOnPurpose to join the conversation. To close out the show, here's a captivating sample of Boise performing one of his signature spoken word pieces, Abraham Speaks. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Oh, I see my assignment. 
Yes. <laughs> Blessings, family. Oh, yes. Your father Abraham here. <laughs> Your word says, wherefore, seeing you are encompassed about with such a great cloud of witnesses, I'm one of them. <laughs> We've been watching you all the time. The Lord sent me here to speak to you concerning this supernatural wealth transfer. Yes, believe in your prophet, so shall you prosper. Oh, <laughs> I remember like yesterday when my transfer began, God spoke to me, imparted some great words to me. Your generals say it all the time. Hearing from God is the stronghold of faith. Yes, yes, yes. When God spoke to me,